Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, March 28th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And Chris, of course, a lot happened over the weekend. There's not a lot of football to discuss, but we will talk some of the NFL things going on. The Final Four has been set, and it is the bluest of blue bloods all along the way. Memphis ran into some NCAA issues over the weekend that we're going to discuss. Uh, I've got a story about an Alabama man that I'm sure that you will appreciate. But I did want to kick off today's show with uh, not a not a memoriam, not a tribute, I don't guess, but uh, but just a little discussion uh, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for the Foo Fighters, was found, uh, you know, unresponsive in his hotel room in Bogota, Colombia, on Friday night, and I'm having a lot of trouble with this. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm curious. Have you ever had somebody that you really looked up to that passed away that you didn't think when it, it was unexpected? So that's one thing. But you didn't. You never imagined that it would affect you the way that it did. Have you ever had somebody pass away like that? Uh, I had a few celebrity deaths like really, really wrecked me. Um, you know, when I was a kid when Tommy Boy died. I said kid. I was a teenager probably um, when Chris Farley passed away, and that that devastated me. That was that was you know the the only hero that I actually could say I aspired to be because. I, you know, I loved athletes, but I knew I was never going to be one of those. Um, and I always thought I was funny when I was little. And, you know, he was the first, like, real fat guy that, that you know, was was just hilarious to me. Uh, then I got older, and um, Robin Williams' death really, really wrecked me. But, like like I said, these are, these are comedians. These are, yeah. these are men that, that I aspire to want to be like, that they were – totally comfortable being silly and goofy. Um, well, I think and, that, that uh, makes sense. Like, the Robin Williams one definitely affected my wife when it happened. Uh, but it's, you know, she never in- aspired to be Robin Williams. It was just, you know, that is a part of your... I think for this one, for me, it was... It, the Foo Fighters have been my favorite band since, like, 97, right? And they, they released their self-titled record in 96. It was after all the Nirvana stuff. And Dave Grohl came out. He was the drummer for Nirvana. Now he's the front man for the Foo Fighters and you know and Taylor wasn't even in the band in 97 but my version of the Foo Fighters 
from you know 2000 on included him in the band and he they have got such a comedic presence in all their videos and it's just those two together right it's it's him and Dave Grohl Taylor Hawkins Dave Grohl and and Taylor was 50 years old and brother we are not that far from 50 now also apparently we're not doing the same things that uh, that he was oh, doing oh yeah because you know he I will I will say this well, like he he was in a coma from an overdose on heroin back in like 2001 back in London and we all, everybody that was a Foo Fighters fan knew that this stuff, you know, was, had gone on in the past. So you never really know. And then, of course, Foo Fighters had to cancel a show in Abu Dhabi back in, like, December where they had a medical emergency and couldn't fly over. Somebody was rushed to the hospital. They never released who it was, but there was a lot of Internet speculation that uh, Taylor's been having some issues, you know, whatever. Man, they, uh, I read today that they found his heart was, like, 600 what is it 600 milligrams or six whatever the weight of his heart was like more than double that of an average man and it's yeah. because of the all the coronary stuff when you do coke or you do uh, heroin all these other yep. things it can really jack with that and like taylor's in insane health or at least it looked like it because you know he's a skinny guy a lot of energy all that kind of mess but you never really know what's going on in the background and you know they're supposed to play in memphis in like a month and I, I just, it completely shocked me on Friday night. And I just sat around for the last couple of days, just not even really knowing what to think of it. It's kind of made me question my own mortality a little bit. And I, I don't know what to make of it. It is really, I've sure. listened to Foo Fighters nonstop since, since Friday night. It's been crazy. So, so, so the only thing I can equate it to recently that wasn't, you know, substantially a long time ago was the night David Ortiz got shot. And you were with me. Yeah. We were recording a podcast. Yep, yep, I and, do remember. And, you know, we, we were live, and I just remember my phone was just, you know, it was on silent, but I've got some Apple Watch, and it's just buzz, 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 buzz. And all all I did was just, like, kind of look down. and was like, okay, somebody is trying to tell me something important. Gary's talking. And I just kind of hit the face of the phone, and all I see is one message from one guy that says, Poppy's been shot. Yep. And I just kind of go into a trance. Oh, I do remember this that show. Is, this, is, this is my hero. This is my idol. And that is that is the, to this day, yeah, take this for what it's worth. I'm a huge crybaby. Okay, I cry at everything. Right? I'm, I'm a huge baby. <laughs> it's the Italian, I'm a very right? emotional person. <laughs> but, like, this is the only, I don't know what this is about me, but I've just kind of made it a point where, I, I'm going to be emotional and I'm comfortable with that, but I'm not okay with my kids seeing that side of me all the time or ever. And and that is the only time my daughters have ever seen me cry. Was that? Yeah. Day. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Now I don't, uh, I teared up a little bit once I initially heard what was going on. And of course, after that, I see the, the, you know, the statement from the Foo Fighters on their Twitter page and, and all that kind of mess. Right. And and it still didn't feel real, right? It's you, you're getting text messages from people. Hey, man, I, I heard Taylor Hawkins like he he might have passed. Now, of course, I'm like, yeah. there is no way, right? Like these these guys are constantly running, kind of, like there's no way. And then of course you find out it's real, and it just kind of leaves you in a trance. And I, I guess we could. Uh, I don't think that mine was quite what yours was with Poppy, because Taylor Hawkins wasn't a hero of mine. It's just. Yeah. You know that part of my childhood is gone, 
a little bit. And it's not that it was my childhood. I mean, 1997, I was what? Uh, I mean, I guess you could call that. I was 14 years old. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 was, it was very strange. It was a very strange weekend yeah. because of that. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, I think some of it has to. I think some of it has to do with also uh, the way somebody is affected by how you know how these things happen. You know, if he was randomly you know shot in the head in the drive-by or some random act of violence, that's different than somebody who ODs like this. Like, yeah. you know, you live this lifestyle. It's not if it's when. It's gonna kill you. You can't mix drugs like this. Um, and, and live forever. Now, now I'm not a doctor and I'm not encouraging anybody to do drugs at all. Uh, you know, I, I, I do not, but like, you can't tell me you can't do drugs and live forever because I see Keith Richards yes. and, 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 and I see, uh, you know, I, I was going to say, Ozzy, there's, there's, a, there's a slew of 70, 80 and 90 year old men that I know of that have been doing drugs since they were 14 years old. Lots and lots and lots of them. But we have enough history to tell you, you start mixing some of these things, and it's over. Uh, I was with, Saturday night, I was you know with my buddy from Little Rock, who's yep. a, the head pharmacist of a hospital there. And, and, you know, he, without even looking, he said, I guarantee you I can tell you these three things are going to be in his system. And he named all three medical terms of prescription medication. And he said, that's the triad right there. You ingest these three different things that you, you, you rarely come out of it. And he said, the sad thing is these guys know that and they still think. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the they news came out on together. Sunday. Uh, it, was, uh, it was Coke. It, well, no, no, no. That wasn't part of it. It was a benzo uh, diazepine, yeah. I believe. So benzos, yep. um, whatever, LSD, I guess, was the other one. Um, and then heroin. Was in there, but it was like it was. Tender. There's a there's a there's a pharmaceutical yeah. name for for heroin and 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 uh, 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 the other LSD one. and, and all that. The, yeah LSD and then mixed with whatever the benzo is that's that's his pharmaceutical name and and he he said I guarantee you these three things were involved and then he pulled it up and he was like oh shit there was like seven things in it yeah it was there were he was like well these three the things killed him yeah I don't know what the rest of them are but. Yeah, and there's like, still you put these three in your body, you're not you're not making it usually, I mean, which is, is sad. Crazy. But I think Ugh. I do think that I do think that changes the way I look. So like, like when Chris Farley died, it wrecked me. But my my mom did not tell me that my hero overdosed. Yeah. You know, like so it took a little while for me to get older to learn how he died. It changes a little bit, you know. I mean, it, it doesn't change how I felt the moment that happened, but like. Today, when I hear of guys that, whether I love them or not, or in different variants of degrees, I feel like that's just such a self-inflicted thing. Oh, yes. You know? Yeah. I, I know that disease is a, is a problem, and, 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 and drugs are a problem, and, and, and that's a tough thing. But I also know enough people that come out of those things to know you could do that. You know? Yeah. So if you're still in it, you're happy with this life. And that's okay. That's fine. I'm a firm believer of do whatever you want to do. As long as you're not wrecking anybody else, but just know, you play that game long enough, you're going to eventually die from it. It's, I am curious because you know, and so many people think that it was him that was rushed to the hospital back in December. You know, because of what happened in London 20 years ago when he overdosed and went into a coma for a week or whatever. You know, how does how does Dave Grohl look at this? Because obviously, like he was a drummer and his frontman died, you know, from uh, suicide, you know, heroin use, all that kind of mess, right? 
And now he turned into the front man, and now his drummer dies from, it appears, you know, heroin, et cetera, overdose. Uh, I wonder how Dave Grohl looks at it, right? Like, is this something because it was his best friend and they've been doing this for 25 years or however long uh, together, is it something that, like, that he doesn't come back from? Or does he look at it as, you stupid son of a bitch? Like, why, you know, after we've talked about this so many times, like, why did it have to come to this? Like, that's that's what I'm curious about because, you know, I... I I have not had anybody that died from overdosing, but I've had people that have, you know, killed themselves. And yeah, I, you know, I, I look at it differently. Like, obviously I'm more in the loss, but I'm also angry. Right. So in, in this yeah. situation, but, I'm kind well, of the, suicide, the suicide thing is a super selfish, selfish act. Yeah. Like it just is. I, it, and I'll tell you, it is, it is being remembered like that. Look, I've, I've been honest on the show, to be honest today, it doesn't matter. Um, like, like, like I've gone through spiraling depression in yeah. the past. And, like, it's something that's come up. And, and I will tell you that ever since I've had kids, like, the biggest thing is, is knowing that, like, at some point in time, my kids are going to realize how selfish suicide is. And then they'll never get that opinion out of me for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know that you're right it's it's i feel anger when it, when i think of those things as well even though i've been down those roads and i understand them like it's a you know it's different does does an overdose count as an accidental suicide or well yeah i mean i i, I would i would i wouldn't call it a suicide unless you see you don't know though that's the problem is you don't know yeah. the state of the person like yeah. if they're at a point where they're done like if they've done enough drugs in their life and they've come close to ODing in the past, but they probably have a lot of knowledge about drugs and what'll kill them, and they just get to a point where they're ready to go and they're ready for us to all be over, um, you know, then then they know the they know the the cocktail to mix up, and yep. I mean this dude put everything together to where he couldn't get it wrong, yeah, and so there's a yeah. part of you that says. This isn't the mark of somebody who's a drug addict. Somebody who's a drug addict would have plunged their, you know, the heroin in their arm and they would have laid back. This is the mark who was trying. To yeah. do something. Now I'm making a lot of assumptions. I don't know that, but I'm just telling you, you're putting that many things in your system. That's not just, I really want to get high now and this I'm is, chasing a high. That's a level I above partying. I think that's different. Yeah. This is, this is not, I'm trying to numb pain. This is not, I'm trying to forget. This is not, I'm trying to have a good time. This is something else when you have that. And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no, that this is not a, you know, an accidental suicide or, I mean, hell, it could have been a real, not, you know, yeah. don't have access to a gun or this is just the only way I want to go. As he you did know? call uh, the help desk, you know, before and asked for, obviously that you can't, there's no, there's not nine one one like we know it in the United States down in uh, Colombia, right. right? So yeah. he yeah, called right. the the front desk and was like, "Hey, I'm having chest pains. You know, I need an ambulance. I need emergency." And you know, maybe time, he, maybe he wasn't trying to kill himself, or yeah, he just regretted. I don't, I don't, I don't. Like I said, who knows? I'm not going to pretend to know. It, it sucks though. It sucks because the world lost a great artist. Yeah. And and so I'll transition this to that. Like, not that these people owe society or anyone anything, but that's the reason why it's important that we have things like art. That's the, yes. that's, that's the reason why, you know, making music and movies and writing 
and 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 we'll pivot that to athletics. That's why it's important. Yes, I mean, people talk, takes what, what does it matter yeah. how far a guy can hit a baseball? That a dude can dunk a basketball? No, what did it matter that Mozart could write what he wrote? Like at some point in time, there's enough people that have an appreciation for it that it enriches their lives. It makes. I mean, if if the whole world was just gray and gloom everywhere, then yeah, fuck it, kill yourself. That yeah. just sucks. But but we got storms and we get rain clouds sometimes, and then we get a beautiful sunset. And 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 a, and, a, and a rainbow, like, and it's all worth it at that point. Telling a story and being a part of the human experience is what makes all of these things worth it, man. We only go around this big blue marble one time. Yeah, experience and, and Taylor, some Taylor got fifty years. Enjoy in. some things. That's I. I got I. I never met him personally, anything like that. But he was involved in my life for longer than two decades. There was not a year that went by that I didn't watch a Foo Fighters show, that I didn't uh, listen to the music, etc. I, I listened to Foo Fighters all the time. And, you know, my wife knew that it was going to hit me pretty hard when we found out on Friday. And, you know, and she's been great all weekend. And it's it seems a bit silly for me to be, you know, devastated by this. I'm not devastated. Like, obviously, I can still function. But it's it's really hard. It does make you question your mortality when stuff like this happens because it's like, this guy has been around for 50 years. Uh, I am not that far away from that. I don't do the same stuff, but, I, you know, maybe I need to be getting in a little bit better shape. Maybe I need to be, you know, uh, enjoying life a little bit more than just working all the time. And that's, that's what I seem to be doing quite a bit these days is, you know, just focusing on work. I don't, I don't tend to enjoy things as much as I probably should. And it kind of made me look at, at things a little differently over the weekend. Uh, let's let's transition off of that. And let's move okay. to the end of the weekend, which was the Oscars, which I got to tell you, I haven't watched the Oscars in I don't even know how long it's been. But, uh, but I will tell you that the Will Smith and Chris Rock stuff that went on <laughs> on Sunday night was something else. Uh, did you see it in real time, or did you just catch up on on Twitter later on afterwards? No, I saw it last night, but I, w- I wasn't watching the Oscars. I I used to watch the Oscars religiously, um, and I, the last time I watched from start to finish was Jimmy Kimmel's last year to it. Like I'm a Kimmel guy, I like Jimmy. Uh, you know him and Adam Carolla with the Man Show. You know that was that was a formal part of my my childhood, and and I just you know I enjoy. I enjoy those guys and I have an appreciation for them and their humor. So, um, you know, but I like movies and I follow it a lot. I got to tell you, so so off of the Chris Rock and and Will Smith thing, just based on the Oscars themselves, I got to tell you, I think a big part of it, and I was not watching live either. Uh, Now, I did after a little bit. I I tuned in literally just in time to see Will Smith win uh, his first Academy Award. But... I I think it's the fact that, you know, we don't know these movies. There's so many streaming platforms. There's so many different, like, in the movies that are up for Best Picture and whatever, not a lot of people watch these, right? Like, I, So I, I, remember, I remember when King Richard came out. Yeah. I thought, I want to go see that. It, it, it wasn't in the theaters very long around here. I can't speak for the rest of the country. And... I remember when I saw it in the theaters, it was like, I'm going to try to make a time to go see that. 
super busy, life gets in the way, next time I check, not in theaters anymore. And I'm sure it's on streaming, but now that I'm not looking at it on my theater app, I, it's not in front of me. I'm not thinking about it. And I haven't thought about that movie since I, I was looking for it on the theater app. And, and therefore, you know, it, it sucks. Because that's one of, there aren't a whole lot of these Oscar movies this year that I would have actually cared to see. That's one I didn't just care to see. I like marked my calendar to try to catch it and and was still able to miss it. If you're missing that audience, I I don't really know what we're supposed to do outside of that, right? Like how yeah. do you get how do you get more people when there are people who actively want to see a movie and because life busyness and just not having it kind of always in their face um like be in front of them on where to find it. Like I was just about to look up my my just watch app to see where is it streamed. How do I find this movie? I think I think it's HBO Max, maybe, um, but I'm not entirely certain. So, but that's part of it, right? Here's the movies that were up for uh, the best picture, and it was Coda, which ended up winning, and that's an Apple Plus movie. Uh, it was in theaters for what, like two weeks, something like that, just yeah. so that it could be nominated. Um, and for those that don't know, if you were watching and you couldn't figure out what was going on, Coda is a uh, uh, child of deaf adults, so it, it, that's why everybody was doing the uh, the applause uh, with their uh, not hand signals. What do you call it? Uh, either way, you you get what I'm talking about. Coda, then drive my car. I didn't I didn't watch. I yeah. didn't watch any of it. So Nightmare Alley. Uh, I haven't watched that one. Uh, that's you know Guillermo uh, del Toro. Uh, Don't look up. That's the Leonardo DiCaprio movie that came on Netflix. Dune, which I haven't seen, but everybody says is awesome. Belfast, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, which I do want to see Power of the Dog. That's Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, West Side Story, obviously I've seen the play. I've seen the original. I have not seen this one. And then King Richard. Like I, I have not watched a single one of these movies. And it's not like I'm an avid moviegoer or whatever, but like I, I haven't seen them, therefore I'm not invested. You know? like I think that's yeah. why the numbers... But I will tell you this, the ratings, uh, they were sitting at about 9 million people watching. And after the Chris Rock Will Smith incident, it jumped up to like seventeen million. Like it jumped that because much. What's funny? What's funny is is that didn't get me in. Like I saw that happen. I went and found the, the the story on Twitter. Followed it on Twitter as close as I could, and and got all the angles, got all the things. I was interested in that story, and that story alone did not even consider tuning in to see does Will win? Is you know is he going to get <laughs> back up here? What's going to happen? Just did not care. See, I was curious whether or not they had escorted him out. That's the whole reason why no. I turned it on. No. So and nothing happened. No, he stayed right there. Like which was absolutely insane. So I, my my question. So first off, this is not the first incident or whatever where Chris Rock has has kind of gone at Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, the 2016 Oscars where he dissed on her because she was apparently boycotting because the Oscars were too white and Chris yeah, Rock hosted that. and he said. Uh, that you know you weren't invited like you said uh, what was the joke that he made it was something about rihanna's panties or whatever where like that that's like me boycotting rihanna's panties like i wasn't invited so of course you're going to boycott this like what you know so obviously that's back in 2016 that's been 6 years ago uh, i don't know that there's any kind of a beef i actually thought that they were friends which is why it was so weird uh would you i, I don't I, I don't think they're anybody like uh, yeah. like we just assume 
they're two guys that came up about the same time in Hollywood, both in comedy, and and they got to be BFF. But have you ever seen, you know, Will Smith run in the circles that Chris Rock runs in? I've seen them pictured together at a lot of different stuff, but I've not. I just think that's all. Things like this, though. It might be. It's the stuff that all Hollywood is at. It's not at Adam Sandler's house. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, well, tell me this: Would you have done what Will did? Like, if if somebody had made a joke about your wife, would you have ran up there and and slapped somebody on stage in front of no. people? Like, <laughs> no, 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 Either. no. I'm not a I'm not a violent person. I, you know, I don't. I believe, hey, also, I'm also like I like comedy. I've made that clear. Like, I I would if I could be anything I'd ever want to be and be the happiest me ever. It would be doing stand-up. It would be making jokes. It'd be making a living, cracking wise. Okay. Yeah. And so Jada, Jada Smith has been in the public eye for decades. At thirty now, years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. since the so, early nineties. So, I don't know that anybody knew that she had this thing called alopecia, which I actually know a lot about. My cousin has it. Yeah. And has lived with it since she was like four years old. Okay, so and she's like two years younger than me. I grew up watching it and watching it affect her, and I know very, 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 very much about it. Okay, yeah. So, so Jada has hidden this from Hollywood for so long. When you see someone like that show up with a shaved head, I think it's and it's obviously not a bald head. It was a shaved head. Bald head. You think maybe cancer. You got to think how the general public reacts, right? Like, you know, Britney Spears shaved her head once, and she went batshit crazy. Like, yeah. sometimes people shave their head, and you can make a "Are you going crazy?" joke. He didn't even do that. He made a GI Jane joke. Yeah, it it really wasn't that bad of a joke. It it wasn't a great no. joke, but it wasn't like it wasn't awful oh. and attacking. <laughs> it was a, it was a quick shot joke. Anybody who's going to be that sensitive about it, just get out of the room. Do Get you, out of the room. Uh, do you and, think Jada... And, and, and then I will fall on the side of, this is, they don't have a healthy relationship. That's if kind of what it seemed like. you're somebody on public TV because somebody did that to your wife, but yet the whole world on, like, public TV or national TV or however that little talk thing show that they had yeah, was the red, aired. Red Table like, Talk. Where, where she openly talks about sleeping with other men, and you're okay with that. Like this is where we have a problem. Like I'm not, I don't judge people for any of their lifestyles. You want to, you want to open marriage, all this stuff. That's fine. You can't be the open marriage guy and then go slap somebody on national TV because somebody cracked wise about your wife. And it wasn't even like a super offensive, horrible joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it was, it was pretty PG. Oh, very much. And it so. turns to joke. And, and that's what you're going to pick a fight over. And this other dude openly rails your wife. Like, I think we have different problems that we need to talk about here, and and so you know, I, I you know, whatever. Do you, do people, you think people do whatever you want? Keep your hands to your damn self. Do you think Jada appreciated him doing that? I think she. No, I think it might have made the situation worse. No, I don't think it made it worse. I, I think I think they have a toxic. Well, you're talking to somebody who knows nothing about the relationship. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I think I think that's all the signs of a very toxic relationship and people like that no there's no appreciation there's only take there's no give it's I, i'll tell you this i don't think that will would have done it if it had been somebody else right no. okay that's that's been a big thing going on online like if that's jason momoa 
if that's uh, oh, if that's the no. rock, if that's somebody no, else. He picked, he picked he picked a guy that was five inches smaller than him. Yes. Yeah. Like Chris Rock ain't exactly a big dude. <laughs> no. Nope. I'll tell you this: one of two things happened. Either Chris Rock has a chin like a champ because he kind of didn't flinch hardly at all, or Will hits like a bitch. Yeah. That's, uh, that I know was an open hand fear, slap. But so. I, I, I'm telling you, but I've been slapped before. You've been slapped before. Listen, I yeah. was raised by a mama who, who knocked the shit out of you, okay? In the <laughs> face, all right? You're going to make more of a reaction from that. And she's a little asshole Italian woman. Yeah. No, it was it was interesting. Uh, it, it, tell me this. Like, if you were Chris, would you have punched back? Like, I I think it happened so suddenly. No. Like, no, I don't think I've I would have situations either. situations where things, I, where, where things are like, Super shocking like that, and and I would have done what Chris said. I was taking like the six to eight seconds to figure out what the fuck just happened. All right, let me collect myself. I'm in a room full of all these people. I have lights and cameras on me. I'm all right now. What's the silliest thing I can say? And or how, what 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 do I do from here? Because he's walking back to his table and he's not Mike, and there is no camera on him. Yeah, like. All the lights are on me. Like a camera could follow him, but everything is on me. It was so now I have to his figure response, out a way around it. His response was awesome. I thought, like I thought he killed it afterwards, it, because it, something like that happens to me, and I have no idea if I would have yeah. the quick wit to come back with, like Will well, Smith just smack the shit out of me. That's how you're working with a pro comedian, though. <laughs> oh like, yeah, this is the difference between regular folk and real, real pros. Um. You know, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I've seen jokes that if that was, if that was Dave, uh, Dave Chappelle up there, like Dave Chappelle would be on hour three right now of <laughs> Jada, Jada Smith jokes uninterrupted. <laughs> like he just, okay, you going to hit me for saying it? Well, now we're going in deep. Yep. Now it's going to get bad. And now it's going to get ugly. And I've got this mic for the rest of the night until somebody comes and drags me off. Okay, so that was the um, other part of this. Where, like, so I talked to Jess about it, and I was like, "I am shocked that there was not security." And she brought up, you know, it, it, you don't, you can't buy tickets to the Oscars. Like, it, this is yeah. everybody that was invited. It was all actors. Da da da. da. There is no security guarding that stage. Like, there is no. nothing. And and even if there was, I don't know that anybody's going to stop Will Smith from walking on stage. But at that point, like, how did nobody go and grab him and and drag him out? Like that's uh, uh, yeah. He he sat there the rest of the night, and nobody like Denzel Washington went up to him, and uh, and Tyler Perry went up to him, and whatnot, and they talked to mm-hmm. him, and you know whatever. And of course, you see him win the award afterwards, and it was like that was one of the weirdest things I've I had actual genuine anxiety watching that thing afterwards because I I thought no, I, I just didn't I, I I could not figure out how that happened right like I don't care about either one of these guys I don't I don't care one way or the other about will smith uh, or chris rock really i enjoy chris rock like I, I don't i don't know the last time i watched a will smith movie to be honest i was just about to say i i like everything chris rock made my entire life yeah i quit liking will smith back on when he, you know like last good thing he made was independence day probably <laughs> yeah men in, maybe the first minute black yeah and then, uh and then uh, that's why i want to see this king richard movie because it actually looks like a good movie for the first time in all these years you've been making all this crap uh, it's just crazy. It it was it was cool to see all the stuff come out about Denzel Washington afterwards. I thought that stuff was awesome. Like, and not not just what he said to Will Smith, but 
you know, all the stuff that's come out, like he immediately, as soon as they went to commercial break, went up and talked to Chris Rock and then went over and talked to Will and all that. It was, he, you could obviously tell he is the elder statesman, right? And he didn't want this stuff to, to put a black eye on the evening. He tried to calm the tension. Uh, and, and apparently it worked. You know, Chris Rock, like nobody has seen Chris Rock or talked to him since other than the police. And he decided not to file charges. But, yeah. man, that was, that was something else. <laughs> I would do anything to get him in front of a microphone and hear just him talk about this. Uh, oh. So, Bill Simmons podcast today, this morning. Oh, he, he had, had Kimmel on, night, didn't he? As soon as, as soon as it was over, he had Kimmel on. And Jimmy said, uh, you know, he can't speak for how Amy Schumer and the other the other people like were hosting the Oscars. He said, there's nothing they could have done to keep me off that stage. He said, he said I, but Jimmy's type of comedy is he loves awkward encounters. He loves the uncomfortableness of it. That's where he finds the funny. And he said, I would have had to have gone out there. I just, yeah. I, there's nothing they could have, the producers could have done to stop. He said, I would, the next 15, he said, I know the show's already going long. He said, the next 15 to 20 minutes is mine. And I am standing out there and we are making this a thing. And we're not leaving until it's over. Yeah. Like all the funny has been sucked out of it. And all the uncomfortableness is is gone now, um, because you're either going to storm off or you're or you're going to stand there, take it, and laugh. And but you know, so I, and that's the difference. Like my style of humor over over you know what we got. You know that's why I like Jimmy is because when La La Land debacle happened, you know Jimmy immediately jumps in and and he finds a way to make this awkward, uncomfortable thing as funny as he can and and that's what he feels his job is and so well you know, I, mean, he, I, I think he that. said in that podcast that uh that they didn't go back to amy schumer and and regina hall and all them for like 17 minutes nope nope uh p diddy was the next person to come out like like you've got all these other people coming out and doing things way before they ever get out there and that's why he was like you just can't just stick to the script when that happens this is a live show you, you throw the script out the damn window, oh, and yeah. you go address this thing. You go, however, you, you got to keep it lighthearted. You gotta, you gotta make it funny. You gotta make it entertaining. He said, but that's why they hire professional comedy to, comedians to do it. But that's, but that's my comedic like outlook anyway. Like I like, I find Jimmy to be a funny guy, genuinely a funny guy. I don't find Amy Schumer to be very funny at all. And this is, you know. This is some of the byproducts. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Uh, Fifteen minutes ago, just came out. Uh, the Academy condemns the actions of Mr. Smith at last night's show. We've officially started oh. a formal review around the incident and will explore further action and consequences in accordance with our bylaws, standards of conduct, and California law. Um, I mean, this is like this is pretty nuts. Apparently, they have opened an investigation. Like, what is there to investigate? Like, this, this is so dumb. This is this is what I hate. A, I don't need you to come out and openly condemn this. Nobody likes violence, okay? And I don't need you to come out and say we don't like violence. Don't hit one another. Like, I, this is just insane. I'm going to tell you, because the Oscars overreact, this is what they do, and every time something happens, they go extreme the other way to stop it or prevent it from ever happening. I'm not kidding. Next year, Watch, mark my words, we will not have comedians do anything. 
everything will be serious notes. We are going to take this like we are all professionals in the acting world. And we are going to speak of our profession as if we are all, you know, chemo doctors working with cancer patients. And that's how it's going to be looked at. Watch, watch next to Oscar. Nobody, because you can't get offended if you don't make jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might be right about that. It's uh, it it's a scary, scary proposition that we we'll just do away with comedy. It's like nobody can take getting their feelings hurt at all, and that's a scary way so to look sad. at that. Such a sad. We live in a world where right now the whole fucking world just needs to laugh. Yes. So bad, and yet everybody who's responsible for making comedy is either just not not funny, not trying because they're afraid. Of, of getting canceled or saying the wrong thing, or they're the a other extreme. They, they're trying to get canceled just to say the most heinous things, and nobody's actually just trying to be funny. One group wants an applause, and the other group wants you to clutch your pearls, and I just want to laugh. It's, yeah, that's, I'm the same way. It's okay. It's fine. Nobody's going to be upset. It's all right. I wanted to see uh, Burt Kreischer's reaction to it. That's it, because you know he's he's got a relationship with Will Smith. Uh, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious. Well, what he I saw Tom Segura's reaction, and Tom Segura's reaction was rough. Oh, I hadn't seen he that. Did not take. So I'll I'll read. I'll, I've got his tweet. This is uh, Tom Segura from today. Fuck Will Smith, candy ass smacking a dude four inches shorter than him, 50 pounds lighter. He's just in his feelings because his ball-headed bitch, been, these are Tom's words, not mine, been fucking around on him for years, and, and this is how he takes it. We all know who he wishes he could really slap. Man. That's Tom, okay? That's a comedian that I like and look up to and, and follow and respect. Uh, that was pretty harsh. But I think some of these guys are sick of people getting offended by comedy. I think they're done with the fact that we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. We're just trying to get some giggles, okay? We're just trying to get a couple of ha-has and a few hee-hees in the world, all right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's and of course, there's a video that's going around uh, of Will Smith on the Arsenio Hall show uh, making a joke about a, it, one of the band members saying he got to wax his head every morning. Uh and of course, the guy's got alopecia, like yeah. And so, of course, like he joked about it back in the day, but uh, but he can't do it now. I mean, the jokes about Will Smith now, like he is bringing this stuff on him so badly, so badly. Oh, like I said, man, it's just it's just a you know, at some point in time, we just got to be able to laugh, figure figure out how you can do that and do it. You'll be a healthier person if you're not laughing. In life at all, then you you gotta you gotta figure it out. You're too uptight. Just find yeah. a way to laugh. I agree with you. Uh, let's see. We have gone for quite some time without discussing any sports. Uh, let me go on and give the reads right quick. Of course, the website winningcureseverything.com. That is where you need to go to check out everything that you need to know about us. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, the podcast, the YouTube. Make sure that you are subscribed on both. And leave a nice five-star review, if you would so kindly. Along with that, jump into the chat, jump into the comments on YouTube. We would love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter. I am at GaryWCE. Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. And the show, at Winning Cures. And you can, of course, follow 
any of those, if you would so kindly. And if you want to see more of my smiling mug or you want to hear my sultry voice, you can do so over at BetUSTV.com. Um, hosting a bunch of how-to videos. I uh, had Donnie on today from, uh, uh, used to do the SBR MLB show. He, uh, I forget the name of the channel that he's on on SiriusXM, but he hosts a gambling show uh, at night on uh, on SiriusXM radio. So we had him on to talk some baseball and whatnot. So, uh, so yes, go check it out, BigUSTV.com. All right, we'll move on to the final four and... As hectic and crazy and whatnot as this tournament has been, we are now left with maybe the bluest of blue blood Final Fours that you could possibly get. You got Villanova in there, who has won what two of the last four national titles. You've got yep. Kansas. Oh uh, no, man, 2018, right? Yeah. So, but they we didn't have a tournament in twenty twenty. Would have been like eight years. Oh, we didn't have one in twenty five. So, okay. so, but all right. So, two of the last five. How's that? So two of the two of the last five. I I, I was going to say sixteen. That's a long time ago. Yeah, you're right. We we missed one. So it's two of the last four or two of the last five, one or the other. But uh, but yes, we we have Villanova in there. We have Kansas, of course, who has just a ridiculous number of Final Fours. Not uh, we do have Villanova losing their star point guard. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Uh, You got Justin Moore towards Achilles, and that is certainly not going to help. So you would imagine that Kansas will be able to move on to the national title game. But then over on the other side, Coach K gets to the Final Four over Arkansas, and uh, and this is his 13th Final Four. That is one more than John Wooden now, so he holds that record. North Carolina is now in their 21st Final Four. Hubert Davis makes it in his first season. Uh, you know, it, one, the North Carolina-Duke matchup, I think is going to be great for TV. I don't really care about it. But, you know, we'll have a whole week of everybody talking about how great the rivalry is and all this kind of mess, right? Uh, they've met 257 times, never before in the NCAA tournament, and they have a combined 258 NCAA tournament wins between the two schools. So I do think that that's, like, it's cool. You don't normally get rivalries like this. I think we had Louisville against Kentucky in the Final Four one year, and that was a massive, massive deal. But... uh but give me your thoughts on this. I mean, we we had chaos, we had upsets, et cetera, and now, you know, North Carolina's an eight seed, but for the most part, you got two two seeds and a one seed, and we've always told everybody whenever we made picks on the show, like, yeah, it's it's more fun to pick upsets, but when it comes down to the Final Four, like, you're probably going to want to go with some higher-seeded teams. That's just typically the way that it goes. I'm, I'm kind of not thrilled with this uh, Final Four. Like, do you feel the same way that I do? No, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. I won't watch the second of the Final Four. I won't watch the second championship game. Uh, and that's not true. If I get North Carolina Villanova, I'll watch that. I, 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 I find both those teams likable. I like those teams. The other two teams, I don't just hate. I despise. I don't want anything to do with. Um, you know, Kansas is, is everything that I hate about basketball. Duke is everything Kansas is, but they dress themselves up in a pretty rich boy uh, suit and act as if they're not, and they're a lot better than everybody else. So, um, you know, I'm just just not interested at all in this. Um, I loved Houston. I I loved Arkansas. Uh, I I really liked the way Texas Tech played. I thought if any of those teams could make it across to the other side, we were going to end up with a, a, you know, at least a fun matchup here or a fun matchup there. The idea that Villanova is missing their their star point guard, you know, 
that that takes one of the two teams that I actually find remotely likable um, com- completely out of it, and, and maybe maybe they'll surprise everybody. I don't know, uh, but who knows? I, I'm just I'm just I'm just not interested in the in the Coach K slobber fest anymore. I'm just I've taken an entire year of of every time any sports network covers college basketball, they got to spend the first fifteen to forty five minutes just slobbering the hog. Yes. Uh, of Coach K, and I'm just I, I'm done. It's I'm relentless. done. There are no more stories to tell. Okay, he is a great, noble, honorable man and a very good coach. I also think there's a huge side of him that never gets talked about. That he is a piece of shit. Okay, he yells and he screams and he's a hateful person to be around. The people that love him love him because he was hard on them, and he got the best out of them, and that's great and that's fine. But but we don't speak poetically about Coach Cal or Patino or Bill Sells. We don't. They don't get those those types of accolades that that K gets. Do you think it's just? And the I don't age? know why. Because I, th- I think Roy Williams got better. it. Like I, it, he didn't get the same thing because obviously he didn't go on a farewell tour, which is, I mean, well, kind of yeah. yeah. Like the idea he of hung, a farewell he hung tour. It up. Like yeah, the farewell tour thing is is like we didn't talk much about this when it was announced, but I mean. It, is that it? Just feels a little selfish, a little. Like, well, hey, no, this I all told about you, me. I, like, I mean, I literally said that every every round of the tournament. That's the and yeah. look at the way they play basketball. They don't. I, I watched the Arkansas game with my friend, who's a huge Arkansas fan. The reason he came over was so we could watch this game. And I told him, he said, "Do we have a chance?" And I said, "I honestly don't know how your defense will do because your defense is set up to coach against to, to stop offense, right?" I yeah. said, they don't run an offense. He's like, what do you mean? I haven't watched Duke play all year. I've watched all Hogs and SEC basketball games. And I said, they're not going to run an offense. They won't run pick and rolls. They won't run any. They, will, they literally are going to pass the ball, and that person's going to ISO. And if he can't get a shot off, he'll pass to somebody else. And they will ISO. And I said, there will be almost no assist at all. They don't play basketball that way. They play the way Coach K is, selfish-ass basketball. That's that's what Coach K has become. As soon as, for the last decade, as soon as he has a bad year, he knows his team is going to have a down year. Amazingly, they all correlate with him having back surgery that year. Like, yeah. wow, that's that's incredible that your, that your health revolves around the quality of your team. So all those losses don't go on your resume. So all those losses don't go on your record. Like it's things like that 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 people who don't love him despise about him. Is I think those things are snaky and shady. I also know how dirty the game of college basketball is, and I'm fine with it. I, me and you have fought and argued forever. These guys need to get paid. I didn't like that they were getting paid on the black market, but I was better them getting paid something on the black market than nothing at all. And I knew Cal did it. I knew you, you knew all the greats do it. And the idea that everyone just kind of turned their nose up like Coach K doesn't play these games. He does it the right way. He does it the clean way. Oh, you think. You think <laughs> that's what's happening. You're really that bought in and naive to this bullshit. And why does he get away with that? Why does he get treated different than Cal? Because the, the media that covers the sport touts for him. They yes. all put him on the pedestal. And and they bury Cal every second they can. Yes, yes. One is likable. I, like I said, I wonder if age is maybe something to do with that. 
But, I mean, he, he understood the system, and Coach K does the same thing that everybody else does, and he doesn't get near the criticism for it. It, it is pretty... No, and the NCAA is not going to investigate. And the FBI is not going to investigate. They're not going after them. They they might go after John Shire after this. Or not, what's his name? Is it Shire? Is that it? I'm trying to remember. Uh, But either way, the next guy up. Like, that'll be be who they end up going after if they do. And I doubt they will. Because Duke is still... But anyway, that's why I I, I, I care nothing nothing about this NCAA tournament now. Like, I needed needed some spot of red in this sea of blue. I just needed something. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's like, you got Texas Tech, you got Arkansas, you had Houston, and and most of those guys. The Texas Tech game, I think, was kind of close. Um, Houston game was 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 real close to the end. Arkansas wasn't close. Wasn't yeah, close that one that one wasn't close. St. Peter's got blown out from I mean from the word go. I mean they were down seven nothing immediately. Uh, ended up going down twenty points in the first half. I mean it was just it was a, a beat down that North Carolina put on them. Their offense has been unbelievable. Uh, for the last like 19 games, I mean they've been unbelievable since uh, since their loss by like 20 something points yeah. to Wake Forest. Like at, at the Pitt oh, game, okay. obviously the Pitt game was uh, a huge issue. They're 10 and two since the Pitt game, but they're 16 and three since the loss to Wake Forest. Well, if they beat if they if they beat Duke, I will watch the final game. Yes, that I think North Carolina, aside from Villanova, North Carolina is the other likable team in this. That's what I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Houston would have been nice to see in there over Villanova. Miami, which, my God, you want to talk about a half of basketball. Uh, they were up 35-29 yeah. to 29 at the half on Kansas and got outscored 47-15 to 15 in the second half. I mean, it's like unreal, unreal. So, yeah, the Final Four set, we, we might give out some picks. Maybe maybe we won't. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how to feel about any of these. Um We'll move on. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little NFL right quick. The NFL announced that they are hosting the next two NFL drafts in Kansas City in 2023 and in Detroit in 2024. Now, Detroit surprised me. Kansas City. That's that's one. You know, you could maybe sync that up with like what Cleveland was able to do. Uh, Detroit is going to be interesting. I'm curious. You know how how revved up is that fan base? What will it look like? Where are they going to host this thing? Like, I, I want to know all the details about Detroit. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, what other towns would make sense? Because they are obviously rotating this thing. They're going to go all over the place. They went to Nashville. They went to Cleveland. They've been to Las Vegas. Uh, now they're doing Kansas City and Detroit. You know, do they end up doing this in L.A.? Like I would imagine that they do at some point, but I don't know how much fun that would be. Like Seattle. Would yeah, I actually be... don't. I actually don't. Like, why? Why would you ever go to LA? You go yeah, you to places me. like Detroit. You go to places like Cleveland because they love football. They love football, and I mean they, as in the collective they of every person that lives there. Okay, yeah. loves football. All right, it matters to them. They're a city that hasn't had much, and this is going to be a way for them to what Cleveland did last year, put on a show for the entire NFL world to see that we're here and we can do things really nice. And this is going to be awesome. And we're going to put on a show. And, and, and that's why I think places like Cleveland and Detroit, it was important. It's important for those places to get it. Atlanta. I would I mean, imagine I think we'll when get you it go to Kansas city. Fine. Like, yeah. yeah. Kansas city's fine. New Orleans and Atlanta. I think you'll eventually get them. 
uh, you will more than likely get, you know, the Florida teams. Like Miami could be fun, but it just I don't know how much people in Miami love. You're football. just not gonna get you're not gonna get football fans there. You're just gonna get tourists. Yeah, people um, that are there that, for the that, show that are hang that are hanging out, just popping in and looking, you know, just a whole bunch of looky loos just you know kind of figuring out what's, you know where you, what's going on here. You know where you might not get a bunch of tourists? Uh Charlotte or I mean, Tampa, yeah, maybe, uh, but like Charlotte or Jacksonville, something like that. Yeah, like those, no, those are going to be those are going to be football folks. Cincinnati, those are be people who love your sport and love your team, love their team. <coughs> Excuse me, any of those places. Yeah, Cincinnati. Any of those places are great. Cincinnati'd be great right now. Good gracious, I mean, <laughs> that'd be a place to do it. That would be a place to do it. Uh, but I would see, I would take it to the places that are struggling. Yeah. Like I wouldn't go to Kansas City. Kansas City sells out every weekend. Like, like the, those those fans don't need something to get no. excited about. You're Jacksonville right. needs something to get excited about. Cleveland needs needed something to get excited about. Detroit definitely needs something to get excited about. <laughs> now you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Let's uh let's move on. Let's stay in the NFL. Hard Knocks announced that they are doing the Lions as their next series, uh, or the focus of their next series, and there are. A lot of interesting storylines that you can roll with with the Detroit Lions heading into next season. Obviously, Coach Dan Campbell, MCDC himself, Motor City Dan Campbell, uh, rarely not entertaining, right? He's highly caffeinated and likes to yell, and he's animated as all hell. So I'm excited to see him on there. Uh, the owner, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sheila Hamp, she, uh, Sheila Ford Hamp. That could be interesting because uh, one of the few female owners in this league, and she's really good in front of a mic. So I would imagine, like, she kind of puts herself out there. I would imagine she could be interesting. Uh, Jared Goff is on his third team that's doing hard knocks. So this will be his third time as the quarterback of a hard knocks team. Uh, the running back, Jamal Williams, I don't know if you've seen some of his press conferences, but he is he is pretty entertaining. This could be interesting to see a team that is, you know, very low expectations heading into the season, trying to build something, trying to establish a culture. I'm somewhat excited to watch this. Are, are you in the same boat? Uh, yeah, but that's because I think Dan Campbell is incredibly uh, like entertaining. Yes. Like, you're you're going to get a lot of good things from him. Uh, you're, I think probably a lot of that team is not going to be so reserved. You know, do, doing doing teams like, you know, the Rams and stuff when they're star-studded was totally different than watching that team with Jeff Fisher do it, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, like because stars aren't going to give you – they're going to get they're going to be more reserved. They're going to be careful about what they say. Tom Brady is going to have everything he ever says into a microphone or a camera measured for the rest of his life, all right? So, like, all the stars in L.A. are going to be that exact same way. But these, these these folks up in, in Detroit that have been playing there, you know, some of these guys really hardcore. The most entertaining guys are always the guys fighting for a position, right? Oh, yes. Well, that's the entire damn roster in Detroit. <laughs> so that's a bunch of guys that have not been stars before, and they are a little bit fearless because they kind of got a little bit of what do I got to lose in, in, in them. And, and that is sometimes what it takes. Oh, so. You have certainly got that right. Uh, speaking of that, I think you just perfectly described Shaheen Holloway, who was the St. Uh, Peter's coach that just led them to the Elite Eight. 
All signs, of course, are pointing to him leaving for the Seton Hall job. They started linking up those reports and whatnot on Sunday night. Uh, you know, can you think of a coach that's really been successful in the tournament after their Cinderella run? Like, I started trying to think of this, and, and Jim Laranega, he, he, of course, took George Mason to the Final Four. Everybody thought he was too old then, and they went back to the tournament a few times. I think they made it to the round of 32 one time after that, but he was with George Mason for, what, another five years? At, only won one tournament game in those five years. Now, that was at George Mason. He's made a couple of in, uh, a couple of Sweet 16s at Miami before leading him to the Elite Eight, so yeah, that's one of them. But, like, Shaka Smart, what he did with VCU has not been replicated. He won two more NCAA tournament games and was knocked out in the second round, made it to three NCAA tournaments at Texas, never won a game, and then, of course, made it in his first year now at Marquette and got blasted by North Carolina in the first round. It This is, I think it's the perfect hire for Seton Hall, but I don't know that you're going to get the same results. I don't know that you can replicate what St. Peter's has done uh, I mean, obviously, he played at Seton Hall, all that. You feel like this is a, a pretty good fit, a pretty good idea for Seton Hall here? Well, yeah, I think it's the good hire. Here's the thing is he couldn't replicate it at, at Seton Hall, right? He, he also can't replicate it at St. Peter's. True. Okay? <laughs> so so why make $65,000 a year when, when you can make, you know, 900 k or whatever he's going to make at Seton Hall? Like, I, the the trick with these guys is to not expect them to make another Elite Eight run or our Sweet Sixteen run, but to to get them to to to, to stabilize a a struggling basketball program. All right, that like yeah, that this is if you're Memphis, you don't hire this hire. If you're a big boy school that that has been there before, you don't make this hire. But but if you're a smaller school that only does basketball and you're competing in a conference that basketball matters and you're kind of struggling right now and you're without a job and you get to bring an alum back, like a guy that played with you, like this is, this is different. Now yeah. this is what you got to do. So as you, you've got a valid point there. I do think it is the right move on, on both accounts, on both accounts. I mean, obviously but we, have Willard, to, we have to yeah. think about what the expectations are. Like you just took them to an elite eight. So we're expecting you to win a national championship. Hold the hell on. <laughs> Has anybody been expected to win a national championship at Seton Hall in the last 25 to 30 years? Because the answer to that is no, then then your expectations need to stay where the hell they were. Yes. Okay? And if we make an Elite Eight run again, just know that nobody else is safe for And yeah. that should be celebrated and be amazing, but it can't be just standard. It yeah. just can't. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, finally, last news topic, last uh, sports topic of the day, Memphis NCAA issues. Uh, the Commercial Appeal and the Daily Memphian released their findings, what they were able to get from the university, and that is the notice of allegations that came from the NCAA. And they've got four level one violations. Uh, now, this includes football. This includes some other stuff going on. But, you know, some of the stuff that, that happened you know, they the NCA asks for uh, a hard drive or asks for information from a former assistant coach, and they realize that the hard drive was formatted the day after the request was put in. That seems a little fishy. Uh, this was Memphis kind of thumbing their nose at the NCAA, but also don't know what you expect them to do. 
right? It, like, you, we can all say, well, it was stupid to ever get into this fight with the NCAA if you're Penny Hardaway and that athletic uh, department. But on the other side, you see somebody like Oklahoma State who did everything that they could to cooperate, and they still got a postseason ban and still got probation and all that. Uh, you you don't win no matter what you do. So we talked about this when it happened with James Wiseman and everything that went on. I I still don't know. I mean, I, I, Memphis could get blasted. They could have to fire Penny Hardaway. It could get really, really bad. But part of me doubts it. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what to make of any of this stuff anymore. Uh, what what were your thoughts on all the NCAA news that came out about Memphis? No, I hate this shit. You know that. Oh, yeah. Like, I just, I hate it all. And and I don't, I don't understand. I know what the NCAA is doing. Like, I, I fully get it, what they're doing. I just don't agree with it at all. So, yeah. you know, it, how, how, back when these things were not, legal, not allowed in college sports. I fully understand you had to put some type of mirage that you were trying to crack down on certain things. Now they are illegal. They, they are allowed, sorry, yeah. in, in some form or fashion. But you still got these cases of things that happened when it weren't. And so now we, we still have to spend man hours and, and, and large sums of money investigating, investigating these bullshit things. As if we think, you know, every other school, we're protecting all these other schools because they're a victim because Memphis cheated. Like, no, everybody's doing the same damn thing. Yes. Like, either find a way to stop it. Find a way to stop it or get the hell out of the way and allow it. Okay? And just make it all go above board. Well, the NCAA did that. They they just got out of the way. And so wasting time and energy on this is dumb. I told Memphis exactly what I told LSU, exactly what I told Auburn, exactly what I told Tennessee all them years ago. Same thing I told Ole Miss in football. If you like your coach, take whatever the NCAA gives you. Tell them to shove it up their ass. If you got to sit him down for six weeks, you got to sit him down for a year, whatever it is, you, 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 you got Larry Brown on the bench, you bring Larry <laughs> Brown in, you let Larry Brown coach the damn team until, until Penny's back, and then we, and then we move on. Okay. How, how funny yeah, is that, by the guy. way? Like, think think about yeah. that. Uh, the yeah. school is going through NCA issues. They've got Larry Brown on staff, and it's got nothing to do with Larry Brown. <laughs> That's right. No. And, and but here's, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Like, and here's the thing: if you want to get rid of him, now's your opportunity. This is this is this is what uh uh you know my guy at LSU did. Mr. Woodward decided he didn't want Will Wade. wasn't his hire. wasn't his coach. Yep. Thinks he's a good coach, really good for LSU for a long time, but not my guy, okay? And so he pulled Will Wade in and said, Mr. Wade, I don't have any grounds to dismiss you or terminate you. All the things that you did were on somebody else's watch as the AD. If we get the notice of allegations, and if there are any level one violations that point directly to you, then you will be terminated for cause and your contract will, will be dissolved and we won't owe you a nickel. And Wade agreed to that and understood that. And as soon as they got the notice of allegations, they let Mr. Wade go. Okay? So if you're Memphis and you would like to get out from the Penny Hardaway situation for whatever reason, this is an opportunity to do that. If you want to keep him, I'm telling you, don't let the NCAA scare you. Don't let them stop you. If you got to sit him down for a year, okay. All right. Go ahead and do it. Sit him down. 
bring bring Brown up for a year and and sit Penny down. Yeah, I think it's a smart this move. Is, this is not that hard. You don't have to fire your coach anymore. And the idea that you have to is foolish and stupid. Auburn just told him, just go blow it out your ass. Kansas just told him, blow it out your ass. We're giving our coach a lifetime contract. If we have to sit him down for a period of time, then we'll do that. Give us your answer, and we'll tell him how long he's got to sit for. Yeah. But other than that, you can take that little piece of paper and roll it up real, real tight. And you're going to want to roll it up real, real tight because I'm going to tell you to stick up your ass. <laughs> I do know, like, I, I think both of us agree that Tennessee basketball, while it's in pretty good hands under Rick Barnes, I think it would be in better hands had they kept Bruce Pearl. But it, it's, it's impossible to even tell where they would be because True. the guy – the guy left being there and didn't coach for several years. Yeah. And then when he took over a place, he had to do a complete another rebuild. And and at Tennessee, he didn't have those problems. He, he would have just kept going from where he was. Yes. Pay your so, excuse me, pay your so calls and then get out of there. And, 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 then, you're, and then you're back. Who cares? Yep. No problem. Like I said, that's, that's, if that's the guy you want. Yeah, now we're we're gonna find out some things. We will certainly find out some stuff. We'll uh, we'll close out the show with this. I saw this news story. Had to get your opinion on it. An Alabama man who called a wrecker service asking to have a seventy-ton crane pulled out of the woods is now charged with stealing the heavy machinery. Sheriff's officials said the owner of a towing service contacted Chilton County Sheriff's Office on Monday, saying the man had called, claiming someone gave him the crane and he wanted it removed so that he could sell it for scrap, the agency said in a statement. The record service owner recalled moving the same crane a few years before and contacted its owner, who denied having given it away. The towing operator then called law enforcement. The man who wanted the crane moved fled before her officers arrived, driving the rig into a ditch where it became stuck. He was driving away on the crane. Uh, the 26-year-old Clanton man was arrested Tuesday on a probation violation and first-degree theft charges. Court records did not include the name of a defense attorney who could speak on his behalf. Uh, we have worked on a lot of theft cases over the years, but this one definitely takes first place in the heavyweight category, Sheriff John Sheeran's office said in a statement, thanking the record service. A 70-ton crane. I cannot imagine, like, obviously I'm not the type of person that would even steal a car, but a crane just seems like something, it seems like somebody would notice Right, like this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so somebody's gonna notice, but but also if you get away with it, you you talking this, you talking you talking like cash in and live out your days in Mexico, buddy. Uh, well, yeah, but that is like he, he said he wanted it but, removed so he could I, sell it for scrap. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's what he said. I'm sure that's what he said. I'm telling you. I'm just saying. Listen, all right. This guy's probably not real bright. Fine citizen of the state of Alabama, I'm sure, but but we're we're just. I always tell my kids that if you're gonna do something wrong, be big wrong, be big wrong. That's that a way, point. if you get away with it, you're living the rest of your life as a heathen. That's a like, valid point. Like don't steal a don't steal a hundred dollars from somebody. That's just gonna get your ass whooped. That's yeah. just gonna get you in just enough trouble to ruin your life forever. Okay, <laughs> but but if, but if you steal a couple, you know, million. Now, now you can live anywhere in the world, stay away from where you stole it from. You steal a couple hundred million, and they'll put your ass in in the White House, probably. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. 
Oh, you'd be the head of the IRS. Oh man, I think think about that. I mean, my God, you you still still something big enough to make people uh, impressed and not so interested in the crime, not so angry, but make them like question, like how? I have a question. Did Hang this on. happen? So, so was this crane on his property? Yeah, the crane was on his property. Oh, then, then we have a completely different. Hey, listen, possession is not just a law, brother. If your crane's been on my property long enough, that's my crane now. That's that's. And if kinda, you want it back, yeah. If you want it back, you come get it. You gonna take these bullets though? I mean, I, I can't. Uh, this is my crane now. It says that the the crane company or the the towing company, the record service, moved the same crane a few years before and contacted its owner, who denied having given it away. So it had been a few years. So I guess this dude. But the just owner thought, of the like, crane company put the crane on this guy's property. Apparently so. And then just left it. Uh, that's apparently that's what the story's saying. Yeah, I think that's grounds for me getting to keep it. You you leave it here longer than sixty days, it's mine. I got a pair of flip flops from one of my old best friends named Josh Simpson. He's he's a good dude. Went to college with him. He forgot them in my closet. Oh man, them flip flops are yours now. Uh, probably two thousand eight. They're yep. still mine. They're the most comfortable <laughs> flip flops I've ever owned in my life. And about a decade ago, I saw him and I was wearing them. And he said, "I hey, used to have some flip flops just like that." I said, "These are them. Yep. These are them. You ain't getting them back." They're yep. mine now. You in my mind. house long enough, they're mine. <laughs> I'm taking ownership of that crane. I love it. I'm calling some jack leg attorney in Alabama. Yeah, yep. I'll probably call one in the state of Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> and say, hey, get over here. This guy's trying to rob my crane. That's a, now, I think you maybe could have done a little bit better with that uh, if he didn't have a probation violation and if he didn't try and run from the officers in the crane. Right? It's his crane. Why, why can't I run with it? I'm not running. I'm just driving it. Just driving it around my property. Yeah, and then of course Until he gets I it leave stuck in the my ditch. property, like, I haven't ran with it. Uh, that's a that's a valid point. That's a valid point. It's not on his property anymore. He kinda, tried to run. Kinda, he drove it into kinda, a ditch. So I'm kind of on this guy's side. You, yeah, bit. I could uh, I could understand that a little bit. I could understand. I don't like that. people coming on my property taking things, and I damn sure don't like people coming and working on my property and then leaving the shit for years. Yeah, right. That's the part I don't like. Whew. That is something. That is something. This, I, this is going to be interesting to follow. I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep up with the story so that we can <laughs> we can figure out exactly what goes on with it. I want to see what this I bet guy it does. Ends abruptly. I don't. I don't know if there's much interest to it. I, I bet the. I bet the story is over as this guy spends about 95 days in jail and uh, and comes out with no money and no more land. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. All right. Is there anything but else? My you good wanna... libertarian friends could do a uh, a, a great write up. I'm sure when it's over about the civil forfeiture laws and how the government just takes shit just because you broke the law, they feel like they can take all your shit. That's uh, that's an even interesting... though your shit had nothing to do with the crime you committed. That's an interesting that discussion. It's a different story. For a different thing. <laughs> you got anything else you want to hit on not today? Your, <laughs> not your friend. No, I'm good. All right, I'm, done. I'm, I'm done with the final four. I'm mad at him. At, same like here. It. I think there's a lot of people that are. I still think the ratings will be pretty good, but we'll see. I hope not. I hope I hope that Duke North Carolina game is. Uh, I heard it compared to the possible. Uh, Mike Wilbon said this that he thinks this could be the New York Mets, New York Yankees World Series, where all the people that put the World Series on was like, "Oh my God, we got an all New York series. Ratings are going to be through the roof." It was one of the lowest rated series of all time. Because the only because people that nobody watched it. outside of that yeah. damn shitty ass city gave a damn about it. 
Yep. Yep. I think that's what could happen here. North Carolina is not exactly a huge state, so we'll see. I'm we'll probably going to stay away from it just to not give them the rating. I'll follow the score. And if it's late and it's close, or if North Carolina is beating the hell out of them, then I'll, then I'll be in. That could be interesting. I'll jump in for the end. That could be interesting. All right, brother. Let me uh, let me let you out of here, and I will go on and wrap this thing up. See you, buddy. All right. Be good, bud. Later. All right. So that was Chris. Of course, we certainly appreciate all of you guys that have watched or listened to the show. Uh, not, a, not a ton of sports today, but we got some in there. So, of course, we appreciate you guys for tuning in, giving us a listen, giving us a download. Share the show out. Tell your friends about it. We like to riff back and forth about pop culture or whatever else is going on sometimes, too. Mostly, mostly, it will be football. And uh, But every now and then, something like this happens where, you know, Taylor Hawkins passes away and uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith get into a fight at the Oscars. So, you know, we're going to have to hit on that kind of stuff. So, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys go do what you need to do. Subscribe where you need to subscribe, etc. With that said, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully... Hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.